Welcome to the Mr. Mike Podcast, Wrong Answers Only. This is your host, Mr. Mike, with another interview with special guest, Diane Bader, mystery writer, mom of three kids, owns cats. She's the author of the Wild Blue Mysteries, the Gilda Wright Mysteries, the Glitter Bay Mysteries, and the with many, many more books to come. She has plenty of websites. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Enjoy. Late night, uh, was it a busy day? Ah, uh, quieter day. We had had a super busy weekend, so it's kind of nice to have a couple quiet days. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's been, it's been super busy for me this summer, but you have three kids. I do. They're all growing up now, thank goodness, but... <laughs> yeah, how old are they? Um, oh my gosh. 21, 23, and 27. Wow. Oh, yeah. Five. Oh my God. <laughs> I had that. I also see that you have cats. You have half a cat? No, I'm not reading this right. And a stepdog. What's, nope. what's, what's that? Two and a half. We have a kitten. So there's two, two grown cats, a kitten and the dog. So. Okay. Fair enough. I had a dog, a puppy run into my house today from outside. Oh goodness. And uh, I was, I think. My wife had just got in from doing groceries and she was doing something else. And I was in the living room with my daughter for a second. And then I hearing, I hearing some like, not screams, but like somebody calling a, a name outside from the window. And, and then I, my wife took my daughter and then uh, she's like, Mike, Mike, Mike. I'm like, what? She's just a dog in the yard. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And my, <laughs> my father-in-law was here. So the gate for the back was open and everything. And this dog, oh, a basset hound was running around my backyard. And I was so nervous for the dog because there was all kinds of like construction materials left over with nails and screws. And I was like, oh, my goodness, the dog's going to step on a nail or something. So I ran outside, tried to grab the dog, and the dog ran into my house oh. and, and then went into the living room and ate my sandwich. <laughs> and um, then, then, the, then the owner came and I, I grabbed the dog. But she, the dog was super sweet. So, Oh, that's so cute. She got a good lunch out of it. So enough about me and my my lunch uh, escapades. Uh, let's talk about you, and we'll talk about your many books. You have thirteen published novels. Yeah. And I'm assuming you have lots in the pipe, ready to go, and you have all these ideas that you're that you're working on. But you're a member of the Crime Writers of Canada, Sisters in Crime, and several other writing groups. And you host a uh, escape with a with a writer. It's like a blog, or it's like a an, a weekly event. What is it? Um, it's a blog. It started off two days a week. I've started doing it and now I've uh, had to add it an extra day. So I'm doing it three days a week promoting other authors. Oh, that's really, that's really cool. Is this through your website? You have a blog website? Um, well, I have a website and then the blog I've had for a long, long time and I was really awful at keeping it up. So this was a great way that if I was had an obligation to other people, I would actually keep it up. <laughs> cool. Awesome. We'll get to your social medias and your websites <laughs> after. I usually do a little plug for that. Yeah, I normally ask everybody, I usually say, you know, why'd you come to teacher? Why'd you become a writer? What was the what was that what was the kick in the pants that pushed you in that direction? So when did you find out you were gonna be a published author? I, I think I've always written since I was a kid, but it wasn't until like, I live in Canada. So I basically moved across Canada from Alberta to Ontario and had to make new friends because I knew nobody. Yeah. So that was the way that 
I was able to make some friends as I joined a writing group and they really encouraged me to actually send out stuff for submission. So that's kind of where it started. <laughs> did you fly out or did you do the drive across Canada? We flew with three little kids and a cat. Oh, boy. So, yeah. 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 Actually, the flight itself was probably the best part of the whole move. <laughs> Everybody was well behaved. <laughs> yeah. So now, now you're in Toronto. I'm about an hour outside of Toronto. So nice little small town, which is great because a lot of the books I write are set in small towns. So it gives me a really good feel for it. I'm in Quebec. I'm in Montreal. Oh, nice. I've been there. Yeah, yeah Montreal. Uh, I mean, it's not Toronto traffic, but I've had several conversations with people uh, about that recently. But uh, Toronto, Toronto is nice. But like you said, Toronto is uh, like you're living in a small town, but Generally, Toronto kind of consumes all the surrounding areas. I'm far enough away it hasn't. Well, it I can't say that. I was going to say it hasn't reached us. But with the pandemic, a lot of people have moved outside of the city. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really creeping out here for sure. So, yeah, I, I hear you. A lot of people want the, the I want to say, country atmosphere or that, like you said, small town atmosphere to get away from the city and not be locked up inside their home, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into some of your novels. Uh, what was the first one you, you published? My very first novel was The Bookstore Lady. And I actually wrote that after we moved to Ontario. And it was kind of inspired by moving to a strange town, not knowing anyone. And that's how I built the main character was she was in a strange place, didn't know anybody and was starting her life over. Who designed the cover or how did you go about designing your covers? Yeah. Um, I actually, long story, I ended up stumbling into a uh, critique group, found somebody to help me get my book ready to send out to a publisher or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she told me that, well, go through and do all these edits and then send it to this lady named Dawn. And I'm like, well, why do I send it to this person, right? So I Googled her and she was an agent. Oh, wow. So I actually yeah. I actually stumbled into an agent. <laughs> so she helped me to get a publisher. And then she's a U.S. agent and I've got a Canadian publisher, Canadian author. And so my agent decided, you know, as long as it's okay with you and the publisher, I'll step out and you guys can work directly. And it just saves her a lot of hassle and paperwork and all that. So I've been with them. Uh, the Bookstore Lady came out in 2014. So we've been teamed up for close to 10 years. Wow. That's, uh, that's uh, interesting how you stumbled upon an agent. A lot of people yeah, said super, <laughs> super difficult to find an agent. No, it, it was just a total... Total coincidence. The person that I asked happened to be the reader for this agent. So interesting. Um, I was just talking to a, an author recently, and they were giving me a rundown of their their agent stories and how they switched a bunch of agents. And they just, you know, sometimes it's just like the the mix or the match. Like you need a I need a good match for somebody to, that suits your style or your books or your writing or believes in your work. But uh, yeah. uh, that's interesting. So in terms of that, that was your first book, and then. You started publishing more. So which, I mean, if you had to, which book would you like to highlight more? Because there's so many, I'm going through, I'm on your, I'm on your Amazon page. So okay. I'm, go, I'm going, I'm going through all your books and you have a, you have several that have been out. You have the bookstore lady, you have dead without shame, dead without pride and dead without glory. So that's a, that's an ongoing series. 
I actually have four series on the go. Okay. Um, the Wild Blue Mysteries, which was the bookstore lady and all of the lady books. Um, the Cond Lady is semi-officially the last book in the series with a little loophole going, okay, I can come back later if I want to, but <laughs> but for now it's the end of the series. So that was the newest one. I have another book coming out in October that's called Dead Man's Doll. And it is book two in my Sugarwood series, which is actually based or set in Ontario. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other books were all set in the U.S. because, you know, as a Canadian author, you get that advice. Well, if you want to sell to the U.S., you should set your stories in the U.S. And I actually had a U.S. publisher tell me that. And I'm like, but but I don't know a lot of the area. Right. Yeah. So, so that series in particular, because it was published by a Canadian publisher, I just went, you know what, I'm setting it in Ontario. Um, we are revamping the cover. So the cover that you see on Amazon is not the cover that will be in a month, well, a couple of weeks from now, it will have a whole new cover. And it's way cooler. <laughs> way really cooler. Way cooler. Same person, different person that uh, made the uh, made the cover? No, we actually, the publisher I'm with, um, BWL, so Books We Love Publishing out of Airdrie, Alberta. Okay. Um, they We had a really great designer for many years, and then she had to step away for her own reasons. And uh, now we have a different art cover artist, and that's why the con lady if you look at all the covers the con lady really pops and it just has a whole different vibe to it yeah that's what's going to happen with this that with this upcoming series is the covers are just really eye-catching and i just can't wait to see them in print it'll be very cool oh, I'm, I'm excited now to see them i like i like when people discover something and they're like you know what this is going to be nice this is going to be better than what we did and it's going to it's going to catch everyone's eye yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. You have a couple of other books on here, and Life is Better, Brunette, Hard-Headed Brunette, and Can't Keep a Brunette Down. But those are not; they're out of print, and there's limited availability. So, what's what's happening with those uh, with those books? They are. Oh my gosh i I thought they would the publisher would have taken them down. But um, what happened with those was when I still had. I, I'm no longer with my agent, but when I still had the agent, we ended up going with this publisher in California for my second series. We had this very cool cover for the first book, and I was really excited about it, but the publisher wasn't as keen on the cover. So we launched the book, and she decided, you know what, no, let's redo the covers. And we ended up with these cute little pink ones because <laughs> they're cozy mystery. Yeah. And um, I, I really didn't like the covers. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to say that, but I was like, okay, you know, what's best. You're the publisher. So we went with it. Yeah. And then after the third book came out, she decided that maybe the series wasn't quite the fit that her company was looking for. So she dropped my series. And I still remember my publisher called me or, she or no, it was the agent. The agent messaged me and said, you know, bad news. This is what's happening. They're going to drop the series. So you might want to self-publish it. And I'm like, are you sure you don't know anybody that would want to pick it up? And she's like, no, 
to, you know what, just self-publish it, be done with it. And that was a 10 to four on a Tuesday. (laughs) Half an hour later, I had my Canadian publisher saying, yes, we'll take them. So they, I think it took about a month before everything was back in my possession and everything. And I went through for the next year and every couple of months I would have the books re-edited we had the new covers and we just put them all back out and then the brand new one came out at the end of the year which was it was kind of was cool it was a lot of work but it was very cool at the same time quite the process to get dumped and then picked up and then rebrand and get get those out there yeah um i'm a big fan of poetry (laughs) and i see i see on your page you have a walk in the fields of gold an anthology of prose and poetry with um the head the headwaters writers guild yeah but it's under you so give us a little bit about the poetry i well actually i do have a couple of poems in there and i occasionally i'll write poetry but it's not my forte you know every once in a while but um that is actually a local writers group that i belong to that we're just starting to meet up again after everything but we have done that was our first anthology and we do have a second in the works. We just haven't been able to get it together with everything going on. It's under my name because I am one of the contributing authors. So they made sure that all the contributing authors get the credit for it. Yeah. So hopefully <laughs> we'll get another one out there soon and, and add some more to the, to the list. I love poetry. It's my, I don't want to say passion, but it was always my go-to when I was younger. Just so, like you needed an escape, write poetry, read yeah. poetry. And I've been writing since I was 16 and with some uh, many years on and off. And then I, you know, long story short, I ended up publishing a, well, a small version of, of what I was trying to put together uh, on Amazon, through Amazon. And then I, I was like, okay, I did this. Now let me go take this book and make it better. So then I, I published a poetry book uh, called Turn Off the Lights and it's on Amazon. So just for the sake of a project to say, I I, I could do this, you know, just for uh, for fun. But uh, yeah, I love, I love poetry. And anytime someone tells me they read poetry, I'm like, oh, let me, let me go, let me go check it out. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, that actually is really funny because when I was ninth grade, we had this really great English teacher, Mr. Coleman. And he always would read to us. So he read things like Day of the Jackal and Bridge Over the River Kwai, that sort of thing. Like things I would not have normally picked up. But he was really huge into getting people to write poetry and writing this one poem. And he actually dragged me down the hallway to the school newspaper office and said, put this poem in the paper. (laughs) (laughs) So it was my very first published piece. (laughs) That's awesome. I had uh, I had an English teacher in high school. He was very old school, rough around the edges, but fantastic person. And he would give you such a heck of a time if you didn't have your work complete or if you were just nosing around. But he really emphasized poetry, uh, different types of literature. And even for me, he'd always give me like more feedback on my poetry writing. He's like, you should take this up as more than a hobby or more than outside of class time. So I think he's the one that really... Uh, kind of pushed me into that, into that direction. And then along the way, met some interesting professors at university who poetry would just melt off their lips. Like it just, you know, wow. some people have such a way with words or such a way with, with, with poetry that it's just, 
I don't know. That's um, it's like sitting in a sitting in a bar watching somebody do uh, do stand up and just just recite their poetry. You know, I always picture one of those those lights on top of a microphone, <laughs> and they're sitting there with a shot of whiskey. But, anyways. Yeah, like a spoken word. I have, yeah. a good, I have a couple of good friends that do spoken word. And the one guy, Harry, honestly, I cannot read anything he writes without hearing his voice. So he's just got this beautiful lyrical tones. And I'm just like, oh, man, now I can't read your work without hearing your voice. So that's a good really thing, bizarre. right? It is. It's really great. Yeah, that's great. In terms of that, also, while editing, publishing, it takes time. You need, everybody has a strategy. Everybody has a time and a place. How do you work writing and editing and the whole, on all your processes into your life? Like, what what's it like for you? <laughs> when I started first seriously writing, honestly, it was like 15-minute bursts. There would always be a notebook in my purse or my pocket. And whenever I had a few minutes, because I, you know, was writing the whole time with three little boys and anytime I had 15 minutes, even if I was cooking dinner and the kids were downstairs or if I got to go sit outside and have a coffee or something, there was always pen and paper. And then once the kids went to bed, then I could put it all to the computer and organize my thoughts and stuff. And it, that's still kind of carried over now that they're even grown up like if I have an appointment or something I'll be sitting in a waiting room or in my car and I'm still you know sitting there writing for my 10-15 minutes so all of my books have been kind of patched together in little 15 minute spots so (laughs) at least at least you're able to use your time wisely yeah Uh, most people most people can't like I I used to do that with poetry. I'd write on napkins and five minutes here, five minutes there. But I find now if I need to do any kind of work. I need to be secluded. I need to be in a closed room or just away from everybody. I can't, I can't get anything done while I'm cooking dinner. Like it's impossible. I'm probably going to burn the pasta or something. <laughs> done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I can't multitask like that. I, I, you know, my wife can, I can't I'll definitely make a mess of things, but that's interesting. Uh, in terms of, in terms of, your social media and where you're located. Mm-hmm. I have, you're on Facebook at Diane. Uh, oh my God. I'm like, uh, I keep butchering everyone's last name. <laughs> Bader. Bader. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Diane Bader author uh, on Facebook. Uh, you're on LinkedIn. You're also yep. on Pinterest at uh, DI Bader. Um, your books are on Amazon. They can, they can search your author name, Diane Bader and your Instagram I don't know if it, I clicked on it. It doesn't work on my end. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. have to check it out. Uh, there are links to everything on my website, so which is just dianebader.ca. And hopefully all the links are working. I better go double check now. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, I'm on dianebader.ca, so that's here. On top of your website, you also provide uh, coaching and editing services. Yeah. So maybe you want to give everybody a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um I ended up stumbling into book coaching, oh my gosh, probably early last year. And it's something I've always kind of done anyway. So it was kind of cool that I went through a program. Um, I did the certification, which, like I said, I'd kind of been doing it all anyway. So it wasn't really a stretch. 
And as far as editing, I mean, I've been writing books for over 10 years and I have learned so much from so many different people that, and I always find it easier to edit everybody else's stuff, but it's really difficult to do mine some days. <laughs> it's true though, right? Looking at your own stuff, you kind of get lost and then you need you needed somebody you need a different perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm the same way. I, I just, I can't, um, I can't look at myself for too long because I, I start, all the mistakes start looking right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I know people give you all these tricks. Well, read it out loud. And well, it's, you know, 80,000 words and to stand there and read it out loud takes me a lot longer and it's tougher to correct as I go. So. Yeah. I hear you. And in terms of, of your writing, because you said you, you work on your writing wherever you can. Mm -hmm. Are you using a laptop? Are you writing on and paper? How, how do you go about? Uh, what do you use? You're not using an old typewriter. Oh no, that would drive me insane. <laughs> <laughs> Too many mistakes. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I use my laptop. Or if I'm at work and it's really quiet, or if I'm on a lunch break, then I will use the computer at work and just I email stuff back and forth to myself. If I'm writing something fresh and brand new, I love to write by hand. Mm -hmm. And and it just it always seems to flow so much better, and the ideas just come really organically. And I don't, I find I don't have to force a lot. Uh, I can't read my own writing back, so I'm... yeah. Well, that's an issue too. <laughs> <laughs> I have to type everything out because otherwise, I make chicken scratch notes. And uh, my cursive writing is much nicer than my printing. <laughs> they used to teach us how to write with a fountain pen when I was in elementary school. So. Oh. Yeah. So the my printing suffered heavily, but I can I can write cursive. See the thing about being left-handed, writing with a fountain pen, you just make one big gloppy mess. So it's <laughs> not a good thing. I'm I'm right-handed, but I sometimes people ask me if I'm left-handed because there's a lot of things I do with my left hand. And I think it's when I was growing up, I was watching my grandfather and he was left-handed. So I <sighs> so I used to do things with my left hand, like I'll reach for the door handle with my left hand. And if you're right-handed, normally you you, ha you reach with your right hand, but I reach with my left hand. I'll eat with my left hand. I don't know, just weird weird, weird habits. Oh yeah. I, I've tried writing with my left hand. It doesn't work at all. No. 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 Uh, enough about my writing habits. That's your website. And am I missing anything? I think you're on Pinterest as well. I am. Yeah. Okay. I don't have that in front of me, but yeah, Diane Baker, author. Yeah, you're on Pinterest. Uh, actually, I think you're the first person I spoke to this summer that's using Pinterest. In terms of advertising your books and uh, marketing your books, who are you doing the bulk of the marketing or how's that working? I, you know, I have been trying to do a lot of my own stuff and then I just was getting really overwhelmed and I ended up completely, you know, same thing, kind of fell into Mickey Mickelson at uh, Creative Edge Publicity. We, he was looking for people to help market other authors and I'm like hey I have this blog I do so I started working with him that way and then this past April I signed on and now he is my wonderful PR guy that gets me all these great gigs so <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mickey has sent me some interesting people including yourself so those episodes will be spread out throughout the year and um, you'll have an opportunity everybody will have an opportunity to listen to them but uh He's been he's been great to communicate with, so uh, I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not surprised that uh, that you're having a good rapport with him. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Uh, it's very hard. It's very hard to market. Uh, you know, a lot of the companies, especially if you're going into like independent publishing or self publishing, 
it's so hard unless you have a social media presence everywhere and then it's a full-time job just to do the social media posts oh yeah frustrating but at least at least you got somebody there to help you out so that's for good am i missing any other social media areas or maybe some other locations where your books may be located i was going to say i I was finally convinced to join TikTok, but I have not been super <laughs> active yet because I'm still like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, that makes two of us. <laughs> so I actually do have three posts on there, I think. So, but I have lots of friends on there now, so I better get on it. <laughs> they're they're going <laughs> to be waiting. They will. <laughs> I don't. TikTok I have, but I, I really, I think there's one post maybe of my parents' pug. And I don't know if it's still there. I haven't, I really, it's one of those things, unless you really know exactly what you're doing with it, you know, TikTok is kind of a strange thing. It's the same thing with Instagram. I haven't touched my Instagram in a while until my episodes start releasing, but you know, Instagram is one of those things. I use Twitter primarily. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter's been my, my mainstay. Uh, I've developed a, I've grown a community on there. So I, I get a lot of my base is from there. I get the, I got teachers, writers, authors, uh, principals. I, I don't even know. I got so many different people following me that uh, I pull from different communities. And it's for me, it's engaging. And it's it's not like, you know, post a video. It's it's always like tweet something like a text. So it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> you write a message, somebody <laughs> responds to you. And then but in and, and, and the process, I've met some interesting people and I've communicated. I have a, you know, uh, I want to say uh, they're, I call them friends because it's been like that since the pandemic. I, you end up talking with these people more than, you know, people around you or in the city or whatever. So um, for me, the social media thing is, uh, is Twitter, but any event that you have something that you want to share a new book coming out or want to get something out there for a writer's guild or blog post, whatever uh, you know, you can email me, I could tweet it out for you. And then oh, absolutely. Uh, once I start getting my Instagram stuff going, I can share it for you. No problem. And, um, I'm more than happy to do that. I do that for everybody. That's the story with that. Is there anything else you would like to plug or uh, tell the viewers? Oh, sorry. I should say viewers. Say listeners. <laughs> I, I'm bad habit of viewers, but they're listeners. Which Anything you would like to plug and tell the listeners uh, before we wrap up? Absolutely. Um, as I said, my new, well, revamped book, uh, Drop Dead Cowboy, will be out in a little while. I'm not sure exactly which date they're relaunching it. But it will be coming out this fall. And then October, my newest book, Dead Man's Doll, will be coming out. And those are the two with the really cool new covers. So I hope cool. everybody watches for them. Awesome. And what I've been going to do, because this is going to be released after the fact, but um, I'm making guest profiles for my website. So you'll be linked to the episode. And then... All your links will be there. So if anybody wants to go check out your books, they just have to click on your your profile and they can get right to your books. Perfect. And I'll send you the information for Twitter and stuff as well that once the, everything's released, then I'll make sure I yeah, send, you, send it your way. Perfect. That is fantastic. Diane, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mike. I'm so glad to have been here. <laughs> I don't want to keep you waiting from your uh, three adult kids who are, you know, I, I was going to say in bed because my daughter's in bed. But she's, <laughs> she, she's one She's one years old. No, they're all grown up and gone. So okay. now it's just the uh, the critters. The, the critters, critters will be looking for me. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. 
That sounds great, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to the Mr. Mike podcast, Wrong Answers Only, with special guest Diane Bader. Please check out her social media links and her book links, her guest profiles on our website. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Mr. Mike MTL, Wrong Answers MTL. Our website is MrMikeMTL.com, MrMikeMTL.com. We also have some new sponsors on our webpage, some other indie self-published authors. So go check those out. Their links are available. Their summaries for their books are available as well. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next time.